0: Hey everyone. Welcome to the get invested live show. Let me see if I can't uh, add in Ben here. Uh, once he logs on. Hey Mia. Okay. Wave to you. That's pretty cool. What's up Steve. How's it going? Michael Johnson. Let's see if uh, we're just waiting for Ben here. Um, get through uh, a little bit of an intro for you guys and then uh, on to the good stuff. Here, Ben, Adjian here. Hope everyone at uh, work-from-home station and quarantine crews doing okay. Um, had a wonderful Easter weekend. There's Ben. Hey, Ben. What's up, Brett? How you doing there? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, I was just saying, you know, hope everyone has a, a great week or had a great weekend. Um, there was a lot of religious holidays, obviously. Um, around this time, whether that's being Easter, or Ramadan, or Passover, Good Friday, and uh, so it's just a, you know, time to, to give thanks, and uh, be thankful, and appreciate, you know, what we do have right now, and those that are healthy, um, and, you know, um, think about those that aren't as um, as fortunate as some of us as well. Totally, we we actually had our, our first family Zoom, I think I saw you, it looked like you guys
1: did, <laughs> we did a uh... Our entire family—I think there's about 30 of us on the Zoom, which uh, was a little hectic. But uh, that was that was how we celebrated Easter this year.
0: Yeah, I was joking because me and my girlfriend Elizabeth were always running from family party to family party, um, since our parents live pretty close to each other, and uh, we were doing the same thing just on Zoom. So we we're jumping from one Zoom party to the next. It was uh, not too out of the ordinary. Uh, too good. Um, So yeah, you guys can also um, share this with any friends, um, people that are in this room right now, Um, you can also basically just send it out to whoever um, you think could also benefit from this. Um, We're going to be going over a couple different things today, um, whether that's, you know, the stimulus package, the current environment that we're in, kind of things that we're looking out for in the future and how we're planning. So do you want to get into some of the disclosures, Ben? yeah sounds good so um we may be talking about some
1: individual companies stocks industries anything like that. Um, obviously, we always recommend consulting with a professional um you know like us or someone else just if you have further questions. um don't make any investment decisions just based on this video just because anything we can say, do anything like that may change so um just don't act on on your own this it's not uh we need a little more information before giving giving you advice so. Um, so, Brett, how's, how's the work from home been for you? Are you
0: missing the office? Um, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's uh, kind of, you know, you dress up, you go into the office, look good, feel good um, type of mentality. But honestly, I've actually enjoyed working from home, you know, dodging the L.A. traffic. Um, we've been able to do all of my meetings over Zoom so, you know, people don't have to meet face to face, which has been wonderful. Um, and, you know, helping a lot of people. I've actually been, I would say, busier than normal because so many young people are excited about getting invested right now, and they, a lot of people see this as a huge opportunity. Um, you know, it's probably this is the best opportunity a lot of them have seen so far, if not at least since 08. Totally, um, and a lot of those young investors <laughs> were not
1: investing in '08. Exactly. Uh, still still in middle school, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe with their first girlfriend, like you, you and Liz, right? That was about when you guys started dating, right? 2008, yeah. <laughs> 2008 there you go great time (laughs) um well so yeah so we'll just to i know brett kind of mentioned but we'll we'll talk a little on on the environment going on what the feds buying a little bit more on the corona cases and then the stimulus package and um you know even just some industries companies we we like we find interesting um and just just a little touch on the cannabis space because you know you you may as well touch a touch on that now um so you know first and (laughs) foremost social distancing is working. Uh, I, I think that's the first first thing we can say is it's clearly working. And that's why last week we had the best week for the stock market uh, since 1975. Who would have guessed that during these times? But that was what happened last week. And um, you know, I just had a talk with my client in San Francisco uh, just right before this. And she was mentioning how You know, everyone talked about how they were ahead of the game, how they were early on it, and everyone started to follow. And um, just the total number of cases, are it's a way different story on the West Coast than it is on the East
0: Coast. Yeah, and if you just pull that map up, you can draw a line right down the middle of America, and you can just see like over half the cases basically are, are focused basically in New York and the surrounding states. Maybe even a little more at this point. Um, It's just them being on complete lockdown compared to us. I don't know if it's also just because of, you know, LA, for example, is much more spread out. We're not on top of each other like the apartments there are. Um, I don't know if maybe that helps as well or just, um, you know, lack of public public transportation, (laughs) subways and stuff too. So it's, it's interesting. And I think, you know, we're seeing this divergence a lot, not just, you know, in the cases, but in the economy as well. Um, you know, people that are having these essential jobs, the essential workers, and people that aren't. Um, It's been really rough on people. Yeah, definitely.
1: And I, you know, sorry to all of you who are maybe taking pay cuts, maybe temporarily for load. Um, We, we have a lot of clients that are going through the same thing. And, uh, you know, it seems like every two to three days, that's a, that's a conversation we're having. And so it reiterates how important emergency fund is. I mean, I feel like just last year we had clients talking to us, hey, I want to invest everything, I want to invest everything. And this is, this is why we, we hold up even during good times is because you, you never know when something may uh, something may come up like a little coronavirus that affects the entire global economy.
0: Yeah, everyone wants to be aggressive when things are going good and everyone wants to be conservative when things are bad. And that's why it's so important to work with a professional is we're also here to you know keep things in line, keep things in check. Um, and make sure that you know we're we 're not being biased on on whatever we're doing um, so Ben kind of jumping on into this, do you think that um, you know if there was five hundred thousand cases of the coronavirus, and I would have told you this that the market would only be down thirteen <laughs> percent no i would, we would not
1: have told you that it would have been down from over thirty to only down thirteen in just a couple of weeks but yeah i mean it's I love reading the statistics going through all of this, and i won 't bore you with all of them but you know, I think the worst worst month in uh, 60 or 70 years this past March and then um, this past week, uh, last week was the best week for the market and it was only a four-day week, didn't even need five yeah. days uh, since 1975. And so it reminds us that, you know, when we have these major pullbacks, um, we, we want to be taking advantage of them. As long as we're long-term investors, I mean, we, we don't think we're out of the woods yet at all whatsoever. Um, we fortunately have like a lot of support right now from both the Fed and the stimulus package and... Um, the fed right now, I mean, they're, (laughs) when you look at the financial crisis compared to now, I mean, in the financial crisis, you had all these conversations back and forth. Should we do this? Should we not do this? Should we do this? Should we we not do this? And this time it was like, not we're
0: buying everything.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's coming out.
0: A question. (laughs) Not even a uh, question. (laughs) You want to expand a little bit on, you know, what the feds role actually, in this is and and what that means of them buying everything. Yeah. So so we saw, you know, people typically think of bonds as
1: conservative investments and think of, hey, I, you know, I, I'm scared of stocks. I want to be safe. And so I buy bonds. And bonds are simply loans to whether it's a government, whether it's a state, whether it's a city. Um, it's, you know, you loan them money and you're going to get paid back. And obviously, if you uh, go buy an airline bond or if you go buy a GM bond, you're going to get paid a little bit more interest because it's a little bit more risky versus if you lend money to the U.S. government, um, they're not going to pay you very much interest. In some countries, they're not paying you, or you know, some countries it's negative interest that they're paying you for loaning them money. And so, what the Fed is doing right now, because we saw basically all this complete displacement of prices and bonds and people selling bonds and people worried that states, like even California. Um, we're going to have issues paying these bonds because like some of these stadiums are being closed down. Um, and so the Fed is buying municipal bonds. They're even borrowing or they're even buying um, what are these called, what are called these fallen angel bonds, which are previously investment grade rated bonds. So companies that have been doing fine, like Moody's S and P have rated them fine, but because of all this, um, have they become junk bonds. And yeah, so a hiccup essentially. Yeah, and so I mean the the market has priced in a pretty, uh, I mean especially a few weeks ago we've obviously seen a bit of a rebound, but the market had priced in a pretty worse, a pretty bad case scenario for Corona, and um, like the market starting to rally lately is is just because of this Fed buying as well as you know signs of this Corona leveling off to some degree exactly.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, rewinding two weeks, it was it was doomsday scenario, right? We thought we were going to have hundreds of thousands of deaths in the U.S. It was kind of max fear, fear, max panic. It was sell everything, liquidate everything. We want out. Um yeah. and So you know, the story's changed pretty, to- pretty significantly since then. Totally.
1: And then, uh, Brett, I'll let you touch upon it. But on top of what the Fed's doing and some of this good news, we also had this massive stimulus package come out, and there's over 300 pages in there, and. Um, you know, the partners have dug through so much of it and we'll only touch on a few things, but, um, why don't you, why don't you talk, talk us through some of that stimulus package, Brett?
0: Yeah. So if you guys haven't already, make sure to go view that material, feel free to DM me or Ben, if you need a link to it. Um, there's one for individuals and one for businesses It kind of lays everything out. Um, but a lot of people still don't know this. A lot of people do, but you're getting, um, if you made under $75,000, um, the last time you filed your taxes, you're getting a $1,200 check. Um, So like, for example, if you filed your taxes in 2019, you made 60 grand, you hooked up your direct deposit, all that stuff around April 17th, you should get a twelve hundred dollar check just straight into your um, account, which is going to stimulate the economy. Hopefully that's the hopes of it. Um, And while it's only a short term burst. Um, it's gonna help a lot of people out, whether that's with rent money or or groceries or whatever it is. Now this also phases you out up to about $99,000 if you're single. Um, So how that math works is like, let's say if you make over the 75, which is the start of the phase out period, let's say you make 80. So what you do is you take that extra five grand over the 75 and you times it by 5%. So that 250 bucks, you now deduct it from your $1,200 check and you get that amount in your in in your account instead of the full 1200. Um, then you also um, any child under 16, I believe you get an extra 500 bucks as well. Um, so this is, you know, a huge help. And it's a, just a direct payment to you on top of, you know, if you did lose your job, um, whether that's uh, whatever it is, because of the Coronavirus, you're getting in California, for example, anywhere from 50 to $400 a week. Um, so that's, pretty decent money as well. And not only just from California, you're getting that benefit, you're getting an added federal benefit of another $600 a week. Yeah. So make sure you're
1: filing that immediately because obviously there's a huge backlog as we have 10% unemployment over that most likely now it's changing day to day, but make sure you're going through that process right away um, because that's money that you should be able to
0: get. Yeah, you, um, if not, you should do it today, um, because it does take a couple of weeks at least to kick in. And um, I've had clients that have helped through this process. Um, they the website crashes, there's a ton of people trying to get this. This is obviously not something that um, the government prepared for. And as as much as we love the government, the, the websites that they build is not the greatest. We love the government. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, <laughs> some Just people kidding. Um, um,
1: I'll I'll add one thing a lot of people don't know also as individuals, say you're one of the lucky ones. Okay. You're one of the lucky ones that gets to keep their job. And, you know, for whatever reason, the coronavirus has not affected your income. Um, You are able to donate $300 to whatever cause you want and you actually get a deduction. Um, Previously people that did not itemize their deductions did not get a deduction for donating. And so I really encourage Um, all of you who are looking for a cause to support, just make sure you get a receipt for it. Just so when you file your taxes next year, you, you get a deduction. I mean, that can save you a hundred plus bucks for, um, you know, giving, giving money back. You may as well do it.
0: Yeah. And that gives a good point. Like if you don't need this $1,200 for essentials, right? Reds, groceries, whatever it is. Um, what, what should you do with it? Um, you know, there's. Obviously, everything is is specific to your situation. So if you want to know an exact answer for you, feel free to reach out to us. But generally, the first step is you're going to want to make sure that you have an emergency fund. Um, And what constitutes an emergency fund? It's about three to six months of your fixed expenses. So fixed expenses being rents, car payments, anything that you have to pay every single month, student loans, um so once you got that out of the way, those three to six months, then you know, you have might have the opportunity to invest some of it. Um, uh, maybe spend half um or invest half. Um but again, that's all gonna depend on your situation. And that first step really is just to make sure that you have that emergency fund.
1: Yeah, definitely. And especially right now during this environment. um <laughs> short, better than draw down Josh Brown. I love Josh <laughs> Brown. Nice. That is that is a great compliment. Um uh, but uh but yeah, look um the emergency fund now is the time you want to think about having a bit more of an emergency fund because you know i have friends clients who work at these companies that you know assume job was stable um and really right now um those jobs that those jobs are not guaranteed at all whatsoever and so definitely hold a bit more of an emergency fund but yeah if you have the ability to invest you know you generally want to be a buyer when things go down and so um, I don't know about you, Brett, you know, we have a lot of young clients and people are asking, how can I take advantage? Right. Totally. Uh, and, you know, what what can I what can I do? Because I have the emergency fund because I was I like, kind of well prepared for, for a situation like this.
0: Yeah. So um, it's again, it depends on the situation, but. Um, once you have you know that emergency fund saved up, if you want to invest in DCA is a huge concept. Remember, it's all about time in the market, not trying to time the market. and this is a perfect environment, literally perfect to DCA. So you know we're being a little bit optimistic here. I would even say that you know the market has bounced off the lows, but we're definitely not out of the woods by oh, wow. any stretch of the imagination. So we can totally go back down to where we were a couple weeks ago. Um, it wouldn't be and- fun. Um, that kind of seems to be the general consensus,
1: right? And that that typically happens, right? When you when you go through bear markets, people talk about, hey, the market goes up in an escalator and it falls in an elevator, and yeah, we saw that. This being the fastest pullback we we basically ever seen, and you know, it's it, you know, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few months, but most likely we've seen this rally. We saw a little bit of a pullback today, not in the Nasdaq, but in the S and P and Dow. Um, but yeah, like just be ready for volatility to continue because we, we still don't have a lot of clarity on the Corona, uh, virus as far as like when things will be able to get reopened because, you know, certain state, the government set, the federal government set certain, certain dates, the state government has set certain dates and, um, they can definitely change. Right. And, the it's, it's a challenging game to play because we obviously want to keep everyone healthy, but we want to make sure that people can, you know, work, people can provide for their families and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and so the kind of concept is to not jump in all at once, right. So if you have, let's say 10 grand, or even 100 grand, whatever the number is, it still works out the same where you want to put, you know, maybe 10 20% of it to work um, at first. Um, and then, you know, wait a little bit, maybe wait a month or set a predetermined time frame that you're going to invest this money in. Maybe it's the next six months um, while we kind of work through all these issues in America. And, you know, invest 2000 today. And that's 2000 in a month from now, another 2000 in a couple months and pick up shares that way. And what you're going to do is naturally, as the market fluctuates, As prices are more expensive, you buy a lot less. And as prices are cheaper, you buy a lot more. And in the end, what you're going to do is build a nice asset base of whatever investment you're trying to buy. And what's nice is if it's
1: coming from cash, you actually win no matter what. Because on one side, if the market continues to go down, you're excited because you're like, heck yeah, didn't didn't put all that money in and now I'm getting (laughs) to buy more shares at lower prices. And if the market rallies, right, you still got to acquire shares, you still made money. And I think people way too often make that make
0: uh a stab judgment
1: yeah and feel like oh i need to invest all of it right at this point right and it's like the reality is like you're not going to time the bottom you're not going to call the absolute bottom and it's usually when it feels like it's the worst time it can be the best time to invest and so rather than trying to pick that exact day like you just said brett like two weeks two weeks two weeks i mean even there's like some stats that talk about bear markets and it's like yeah if you timed Timed it and bought on the bottom day of the bear market, you made 35% in a year. But if you were two weeks earlier, two weeks late, one year later, you still made to over 20%. Obviously, that is not guaranteed. And obviously, there's a lot of volatility and this time may be different. But it's just important to note, you don't want you don't need to time the exact day, like just being able to get some money to work when the market's cheaper is, is a good opportunity.
0: Yeah, and it also depends on when you're going to need that money, right? If you're going to need that money in six months, you probably shouldn't invest it in the stock market. 100%. The stock market is very risky and very volatile, as we a lot of people just learned. <laughs> um, and there's other investments that are out there, right? You can buy bonds or you can buy fixed income, which is the other side of the equation to stocks is fixed income. And a lot of people you know, don't understand that there's capital structures of businesses. So like what happens then, like if a business actually goes bankrupt or a business, you know, if things start going bankrupt.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, let's assume the government does not bail them out.
0: <laughs> we'll yeah. just, we'll make that assumption
1: <laughs> for all intents and purposes, which is a, a which challenging, is a assumption, a, a challenging <laughs> assumption to make these days. But when you, you know, when you buy a stock, you, you are owning shares in the company and if the company loses, you know, company goes out of business, you basically lose your investment um, because who gets paid ahead of time are the bondholders. Right. And so those are se- the, it's senior debt. Basically, like when you loan money to a company, you may have a loan against some of their assets. You may just have just a general loan against the company, but you are going to get paid back before the stockholders. And so that's why in general, you see when the market gets whacked, bonds tend to do okay obviously this environment's been a little bit different but there is that flight to safety because they are more secured obligations and it's kind of interesting i you know people also i I think you said it right i think people kind of understand stocks more and understand bonds less and having significant less volatility in your portfolio helps a lot and use this example a lot with people is you know let's say you had a 50 percent, let's say you had a hundred percent stocks and you went through a financial crisis where you know, at one point the market was down 50%, right? You took a $1,000, you turned that $1,000 into $500. You had to make a hundred percent rate of return just to get back to even. Obviously, ideally your dollar cost averaging, like you said earlier, and you're buying down there, but let's say you didn't have the ability to. Now, if you have the bond side of your portfolio and let's say it's half and half and, you know, a thousand is down 25%, you know, you're down to 750 you only have to get a 33% rate of return just to get back to even. So like avoiding those major you know, downturns when the market gets whacked and not being too aggressive can make a huge difference. And uh, you know, you especially saw that in like the late nineties early when the dot-com bubble burst, all of these companies, you know, they didn't go down 50%, they went down 80, 90% and yeah. <laughs> you have to <them, laughs> need a pretty damn big rate of return just to, just to get back, get, get back to even on that.
0: Yeah, um, and those sixty forty portfolios is kind of the new norm, right? And there's a lot of research that's even shown that like a sixty percent stock, forty percent bond portfolio has pretty much had the same returns of the S and P, right, over what was a twenty year period. Past past of 20, the BlackRock study.
1: Yeah, yeah, BlackRock did a study, and basically a sixty forty portfolio, even with some international, that's uh, severely underperformed, has actually done uh, a little bit better than the S and P five hundred. Yeah, so um, I and mean, again, see. it. The big part, it's avoiding those major downturns. It, it makes a huge difference. And so um, going into this, like what, you know, what interests you, Brett, looking looking to the future right now? So the reality we have is right now, but what are what are we starting to think about like one year, two year,
0: three years out? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a divergence of these kind of digital economy stocks and like Amazon, for example, which is basically just running our lives at this point and delivering all the goods and services we need versus like travel stocks or something that's getting hit extremely hard or retail because people aren't going to actually be going into stores and buying things anymore. And so we're truly seeing kind of this divergence of the digital economy, in my opinion. And there's a lot that's popping up. Um, You know, one thing to see, uh, I'm getting a ton of questions on, you know, do we buy these airline stocks or do we buy these hotels or do we buy these retail companies? Because they're so, so beat up cheap um, there's exactly cheap right and everyone thinks they're cheap because they see that the stock price has fallen well first of all stock price the number that you see on the screen actually has very little to do with the actual value of the company so that's the first thing yep. um and people have this or there's companies have these things called value traps where it may look cheap well it's cheap for a reason and the reason is that they're hurt really bad or they're going to be hurting for a while and so the key to investing in companies especially when you're looking for a good value is avoiding these value traps of companies that aren't going to actually recover yeah yeah um go ahead ben. well no i was, was going to say and,
1: and looking at those companies that have kind of multiple sides of their business is nice right so I think you take a company like Disney, which I know. Oh yeah, there you go, <laughs> little Mickey hat. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, you take a you you think about parks with Disney, right? And and obviously, it's been a really challenging time for parks for Disney. But on the other side, you look at Disney Plus. It has over 50 million subscribers now, right? Yeah, and huge. they're not. Yeah, and they're not trying to be profitable on that for two more years from now, but. You know, uh, you know, Disney stock has gotten whacked and and there's obviously still a lot of issues with ESPN and all of that. But if you can look for businesses that maybe get a little bit more beaten up and they still have like the digital side of their business, that should do well. Um, yeah. you know, Thank those, God
0: they pivoted to streaming. I mean, it's what it's perfect incredible. timing. <laughs> I know. I mean, and to give some perspective, they're trying to get to 90 million subscribers in five years. And so you can see that this like perfect example of this virus just catapulting their uh direct-to-consumer or their Disney Plus and Hulu brands just to the moon got fifty million within six months of the launch. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's kind of revising their numbers upwards. And so yes, well, Disney's cash cow, the parks um are just you know hit hard, they just you know forload another forty thousand employers. You have Bob Iger that's coming back to try to save the sinking ship. Um, But they have this growth story, they have something that to look forward to, even if things don't get better. So, you know, Disney, for example, I don't think would be a value trap.
1: Yeah, no, perfect example. And um, obviously, I I feel like everyone is asking about Zoom and and Slack and all these like big digital companies. And um, I I think the biggest advice we can say is be careful. Um, There's been so many times uh, in history when there's been this huge trend towards these companies. And although one company is so dominant uh, in its current state, like other co- competitors come out. And so like these, these stocks can be super, super risky. Uh, and I would definitely uh, look out for
0: those. Um, they, they may be, yeah. they may be intriguing, but. I mean, Zoom is a perfect example. I mean, it's, it's the valuation sword. It's really the only game in town for video conferencing. Everyone and their moms wanted to buy the stock. Um, but it's very expensive now. And it, and honestly, you know, someone can just come in and make a, another Zoom. Like, it's honestly not even that safe. The CEO's been just reamed for the last two weeks, right? Totally. And
1: Microsoft has taken huge advantage, right? So Microsoft is in the Wall Street Journal this morning releasing some of their users. I think there's been like 2 billion minutes on Microsoft Teams video. Wow. And it's, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to go against Microsoft, right? Uh, Satya Nadella sure. knows exactly what he's doing and I, I just I would not want to be going against them and so you know although those companies we like you know there's so many times where there may be companies we like but um just got to keep in mind about valuation and it, and it can be yeah. uh it can be a little little bit hairy
0: yeah um, company, and that's uh, the point of investing in companies that you think can weather a storm like this and have a diversified base like Microsoft or Disney or these bigger companies that you know that are going to survive or even get filled out <laughs> perfect so
1: i i think why don't we talk about like things that we can do right now right like you know what are some conversations we're having with our clients that um you know maybe are still working right so we kind of touched in the beginning more of you know what to do um if you were laid off um but you know, what, what are you telling people, Brett, right now? Yeah, uh,
0: one thing we didn't mention, too, is that we mentioned on our podcast last time was student loans um, and kind of, you know, the, the difference of having a private student loan and a public student loan right now um, made a huge difference in your life. So if you have a federal student loan right now, they're all in deferment and they're not charging you interest and they're not charging you payments. So you can most of them did it automatically, but you can reach out to your federal loan provider um, and basically say, hey. I don't want to pay and they can't do anything and they're not going to actually roll that interest on top of you. I think until September is when it's delayed to for now. Yeah. Um, September 30th um, versus private loans like Sally may, for example, if you have a loan through there, you cannot get that benefit. Um, along with all the income based repayments and things like that. So, you know, if you're considering refinancing one of your student loans to a lower rate and taking advantage of these that low interest rate environment that we're currently in right now, you have to be aware that this that's a risk that is out there that you're not getting those federal benefits. Those benefits. Exactly. Yeah. Whether it's income based repayment, this deferment and a global pandemic, whatever it is, you have to be okay with getting that giving that benefit away. And you know, what we talked about last time is maybe you don't Go one way or the other um, for the full amount. Maybe you don't refinance the whole thing. Maybe you refinance half, and so you're kind of hedging yourself that way. Yeah, and then yeah. So let's say you got that taken
1: care of. Like how you know how do you get started? I mean, it's a great time to dollar cost average, right? It's we don't think necessarily the the bottom is here. We think volatilities do, and it's a great time to put put money in monthly as long as you can work and you can save, and um, even if it's a little bit right? Even if it's a hundred bucks, even if it's a couple hundred bucks, like obviously you got to have your emergency fund, but um, there's just a lot of companies that are a lot cheaper that uh, have become super attractive through all of this. Um, And then along with that, like a a secret thing that you may not be thinking about is increasing your 401k contributions. I mean, every person that I'm talking to is spending less money. I mean, I don't know anyone right now um, that is spending more money. And um, so if you can kind of pretend like you don't have it and you put some to your 401k, uh, you don't even see that money come to your bank account. It's like, you don't have it. Um, it's definitely a great yeah. thing to take advantage of. It's
0: not the time to be overzealous either. Right. You know, we had this kind of environment, the wall street bets environment before this all started where, you know, people are buying these crazy options on Robinhood and just kind of risking all this money one way or the other. This is yeah. not really the environment that you want to be doing that. In. Heck now. Um, no. You you want to be buying companies that you can hold for a long time um, that are solid. You don't want speculative investments, um, especially because there's a lot of things actually in the options market that you know, a lot of people don't understand. Um, it's really hard to make money right now. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's end it with one one question that we don't know
1: we're going to ask each other. Um, you don't know what I'm going to ask you. So oh, okay, uh, is, is work from home going to change the workplace forever? Uh, yes or no?
0: Why? Why not? It has to. I think um, at this point, it, we've cut a lot of fat um, in the economy as far as like, you know, people understanding, well, maybe we don't have to go into the office, or maybe these employees aren't needed all the time, or maybe there's an easier way um, to do this without having to commute. Um, like, I'm, from example, for me, this commute just from, you know, Playa over to Santa Monica, it, it takes me, you know, anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes when we're going to work. So each way, that saves me, you know, an hour and a half of my day. Yeah. Um, If you get up a little bit earlier, if you get up
1: a little earlier, you avoid the traffic, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, definitely. I, I agree. And I mean, the area that worries me is, um, when you talk about re commercial retail leases, right? You have all these companies that have all these employees that have been coming into the office. It's like, do we need this big of an office anymore? Yeah, right? I mean, we've seen WeWork, right? I think I saw—I, I definitely didn't verify the stat, but I saw somewhere, I think on Twitter, that WeWork bonds are yielding 35% right now. Jesus, uh, <laughs> so that—that that basically means you think the company's going under, and yeah, I mean, that's a—that's a tough business to be in right now, that's for sure.
0: Jesus, I got one for you. So, um, what about cannabis companies? Um, It's an interesting time, so apparently they are essential businesses, even though our barbershops are not essential businesses, which I argue with, but, you know, what about cannabis, Ben? Good investments, bad investments, what are you looking at? You need to have a multi-year
1: time horizon. I think it's hard to call which company is successful, but I mean, it just cracks me up. Like it was illegal <laughs> just a few years ago. And now it's an essential business. <laughs> and so, I mean, a lot of these cannabis companies are killing it. Some of them are saddled with, with debt. So you got to make sure you're looking at the balance sheet and uh, you can't just blindly buy these companies. And so, um, some, yeah. some are in better shape than others. Um, a lot of them have been whacked over the past couple of years. And so, um, I definitely think that that's, that's a potential area to look.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, a perfect example of what's great for a consumer. It's not always a great investment. Um, like MedMen yeah. brand, for example, it's been just completely destroyed, even though they were kind of like the darling and kind of the face of the industry, really. Um, it's just, it was poorly ran. And, you know, they've done some restructuring and maybe they get back on track, but who knows? Um, there's yeah. definitely... Um, ways to play it though without even risking on individual companies you know you can buy an etf for example where if you don't want to pick any individual company you can buy a, a diversified basket of all of them and just you know take it'll still be volatile <laughs> it'll still be volatile just because of the nature of the industry but, yes, but you yeah, know yeah. as legalization continues which i i think they will um you know to the federal level then you're going to see the industry continue to grow yeah Awesome. Well,
1: with that, um, if any questions come up, I don't know if we saw any major ones come up this round, but uh, definitely if you have any questions for either Brett or I, you can always email us. It's Brett at Gerber Kawasaki or myself, Ben at Gerber Kawasaki. Um, Definitely follow Gerber Kawasaki on Instagram because we're doing these live streams more and more. Um, You can follow us on Spotify. We do have a, a few podcasts there as well. We tend, we're planning on doing that more. And so Uh, If you have any questions for us, like we're here to help. Um, This is why we love our job is because, you know, every day our clients and friends and family are asking questions and and we're here to do our best to digest the the info and share it with you.
0: Yeah. We're here to be a resource for you guys. So, you know, feel free to to give us feedback, what you want to hear, what you guys want to learn about questions, DM, email, whatever works. Um, And hopefully we will see you guys soon. Sounds great. Stay safe out there.